0: Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carpenter, your host, and with me is my co-host, Mr. Brandon Noway. How are you doing today, Brandon?
1: I'm pretty good, Mark. How about you?
0: I am just ecstatic. There has been so much going on this last week. I mean, we sent a couple of billionaires into space, for starters, you know. I was like, I, I didn't know whether we were going to keep them up there or not, but they, they came back down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we had what... Uh, uh, one of the folks that joined them was an 81 year old lady by the name of uh, Wally Funk. I love it, Funk. <laughs> <For> clarification, <laughs> okay. But oh, but uh, you know, in talking about an achievement for a woman, there's been a great achievement this week, and that was for MLB to have an all woman broadcasting team on YouTube with the what the Rays Orioles game the other night.
1: Yeah, that that was pretty cool. The Rays are included in some history with the five with the first all female broadcast and I actually really enjoyed it. I don't know about you.
0: Oh, I, I loved it. I, I I'll be honest with you, Brian. I hadn't watched those in a while because early on when they started these, I was like, what is this? I, I, because they would have like social not last nights, but early on the YouTube when they started doing these months and months ago, they would have Oh, like maybe two social media people on her who knew nothing about baseball. <laughs> and it was like, well, what's the purpose? But last night we had five great professionals who also happened to be women broadcasting that show last night. That was huge.
1: Yeah, and I actually am really starting to like the YouTube broadcast. I wish I'd love to watch it more, but, you know, it's not on as much. And I enjoyed last night, not just the female aspect of it, but also on the side they had. Baseball YouTubers, which will help grow the game in that way, because I saw yeah. guys like Five Points, who he does just sports in general, Giraffe Neckmark, Dodger Film, Zach Hampel, a whole bunch of baseball YouTubers out there. And I thought that was a really great influence, too.
0: Yeah, I want to maybe talk a little bit more about them, too, because that, that goes above and beyond some of the things, like I said, early on when YouTube was doing this. And it seemed like, we'll just throw some guys on there. We'll see what happens. But to have people... Who have YouTube channels that are popular, but even maybe more so important, is that they are baseball-centric. So and I love Neck Mark, by the way. I, I could never talk that fast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the research he does uh, for, for his, his videos or his YouTube is just uh, just amazing to me. But getting back to the broadcast last night of that Rays Orioles game, and those five broadcasters. For some of those folks out there who think, oh, this is just hype. This is just some way to meet diversity and scratch one more check mark or chalk, <laughs> chalk mark on the board. No, no, we I, I say to you no emphatically, because while it was it was important, it was not a check mark. It was this was a great show. These are great broadcasters, and while it has been promoted as being all female, like you, I, I just I just enjoyed the event.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I we did get unfortunately what it was expected. The people who are like, oh well, it's just a diversity check mark or they're only up there for their looks. But listening to them talk, they really know what they're talking about. And I didn't really know much about Sarah Langs or Melanie Newman, but I've watched Heidi Watney on MLB Network for years. I've seen. Lauren Gardner on NHL network before many times and they really know what they're talking about. And I I really enjoyed it. It felt like a normal broadcast to me. I didn't, I didn't really think of it as the first female broadcast and hopefully they do more of that.
0: Well, you and I both, I mean, talked before the show about some of that. I've seen some folks say, you know, what they did last night was uh, about they were better than 95% of some of the national broadcasting on baseball. And I think that was and, and forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but uh I think they come from our good buddy from Bleak Kelby Blue, Sarah Sanchez. But <laughs> uh it was it was a great show, you know, and, and let's let's talk about who was on there last night. Like you said, Heidi Watney and Lauren Gardner. They did uh, a lot of the pre-show stuff. Uh then you look at who was doing the announcing, the bulk of the game, that was Melanie Newman and Sarah Langs did the color and analysts. And Alana Rizzo, she did the she did the uh, Sadland reporting on the field. Uh, t- let's talk about the depth too, because going back to some of those naysayers, if you will, and looking back and see like Heidi Watney, you you know who her, you knew who she was. I mean, this is a lady who's been working with MLB Network since 2012. Uh, she's been featured as the host on Quick Pitch, you know, a, a nice show with that, and. She She began working, I guess, years ago with Time Warner. You know, let's see, she was a reporter for LA Galaxy and getting some of this from Wikipedia. New England Sports Network, Boston. She was there, Time Warner Cable Sportsnet, and in Los Angeles and two stations in Fresno. Guess what? This lady, she's seasoned, she's a broadcaster, and she's knowledgeable about the game. Not surprising. Great to have her there. Here's what she had to say about this particular game
1: five women calling this game for the first time in mlb history i'm excited about it but for me it's just another day of work i love doing these youtube broadcasts they're fun they're relaxed they're high energy broadcasts and i've done quite a few of them i've worked in baseball for well over a decade another day of work for me
0: hey just another day at work man i wish i had another day at work like that i'd I'd love to say that my day at work was being able to interact with very intelligent people. Well, like
1: yourself, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you only really interact with me.
0: <laughs> with, who, who had a, uh, a, a kinship and a knowledge of baseball and the enjoyment of the game. And, and she certainly did. And then her, uh, her pregame co-host, Lauren Gardner. And Lauren's been you know active for some time. I mean, she's done of her stuff with, with the CBS Sports Network. She's been with Fox Sports. Uh, Smithsonian Channel. I'm not kind of curious what, what that's all about. Altitude Sports and Entertainment, and she's covered NFL, NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, college football, and college basketball. Lady has a variety of uh, background with all kinds of sports, you know. So I was really glad to see that, and I think she's also been on MLB's Quick Pitch.
1: I've seen her there from time to time,
0: and evidently she was on uh Match Room's boxing YouTube channel. So not only do we have a diversity as far as the people that are giving the show, they have quite a bit of diversity in the background of what they covered. So it's not just one thing And somebody who's new to the game. Then we get to the play-by-play announcers. Melanie Newman. I got to tell you, I was enthralled with her. She kept the pace of the game lively. You know, when, when something exciting was happening at the plate, man, she was on it. And she, her voice, you know, rose with what, whatever was going on. And she was very colorful about all the different things happening out there in the field. So I was really happy to hear her there.
1: Yeah. I I loved listening to her broadcast. I, I loved her interview with Rich Hill. I thought that was really funny. And she even said a joke. I don't remember what it was exactly, but she was like, they're talking about the Dodgers, They're like I know, Rays fans are still salty about the Dodgers. Uh, they are also salty from the Bay and something like that, which <laughs> was pretty goofy. But I mean, I hate to break it to her, we're not as salty anymore because our other two franchise kind of made up for it.
0: <laughs> good, good point. But yeah, she she was uh, uh, she she was very fun to listen to. And you know, I was thankful that they were playing in the trop. As opposed to an open field, because I can only wonder with all the uh, red tide and the fish kill around here. Sorry, folks, uh, maybe getting a little bit too local about that, but man, it would have stunk. Yeah, it it would
1: have stunk. Uh, it wouldn't have been pretty if the rays were doing bad. You couldn't make plenty of jokes about that, but yeah. that's a good thing that it wasn't open air, because, I mean, that water from the bay, it can smell. Oh, well. She did great.
0: I was really happy. I said she she was, you know, the consummate professional. And I can think of several current broadcasters who I wish would step down from the stage and <laughs> and see her ascend to, to this on a regular basis. Let's see who else. Sarah Langs. Yeah, yeah. Tell 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 me a little bit more because Sarah was doing the analyst and color position, and. I know what she's been with baseball tonight in the past with Buster Olney.
1: Yeah, I, I've seen some of her stuff. She does really good work. She's really knowledgeable on the game. And her as a color commentator, I thought she was really good as well. Like, like she was probably better than us if, if we were to jump in there. So I give her full <laughs> credit. I don't know how much experience she's had on TV or broadcasting like that. But, I mean, she seemed like, like she's been doing it for years.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, and Buster Olney from baseball tonight and Jeff Passan, Uh on several occasions. I've seen them give her credit, you know, for, for information, for being on top of the analytics. And she was last night. I enjoyed watching and she was, she would cover, well, let me see if I can get it real quick here. What's that? Yeah. How fast did it take him to get from, from home plate to first base? <laughs> she was doing all <laughs> these comparisons and bringing in these numbers. And it was, it was exciting. It was a little different than what I expect from a color, per, uh somebody calling for color. But uh, it was was exciting. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the depth. I think some people may have winced a bit because analytics sometimes, you know, they say, well, I I can't enjoy the game as much when when you measure all of those pieces. But there's enough people out there who enjoy that part of the game. Guess what? She brought it.
1: Yeah, she did. She did a really good job of it. And, I mean, I think the analytics is, is a cool part. I love seeing how fast they are how fast a ball left the bat, even though I do have my problems with it, I still think it's it's fascinating just to look at.
0: It is, and she's, like I said, she's very, very astute on that and on top of it. So she was definitely a a good addition to that. I want to go back to Melanie Newman for a minute, the play-by-play announcer. She also does play-by-play for Orioles Radio. Now, what I like about her, like I said, she's been doing this for some time. And... I was reading one of her tweets. It's like 3.30 in the morning. She says, I finally got back home, meaning she flew back to Baltimore. Because after the game last night, she had to fly from Tampa back to Baltimore, and she says, I'm setting my alarm. And she shows a 6, 6 a.m. and a 6.05 a.m. And she says, because I, I need to be on the Today Show tomorrow morning. Of course, it was that morning at that point. But I thought, ooh, That's commitment. (laughs) Uh,
1: I mean, I hate waking up early on a normal, on just a normal day, but when you get home at three o'clock and then have to go to sleep and get up three hours later, that that seems horrible. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I don't think she was, the tweet actually went up at 3.30, so I guess it's more like, what, two and a half hours. It's like, ah! Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, what else about Melanie? It says, what, in 2019, she joined Susie Cool as part of the first all-female broadcast team in professional baseball when she served as play-by-play broadcaster for the Salem Red Sox. So Melanie Newman, man, she stood out last night. And I would love to hear more of her on you know national games as well. I think the Orioles are very fortunate to have her as a play-by-play announcer for uh, the radio there. And I think she also does some of the sideline reporting for the TV as well. Well, Baltimore, good luck for you there, I tell you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you might want to enjoy her while you have her, because especially after last night, she might not be around much longer.
0: That's true. But while she's doing the sideline up there for the Orioles on the TV broadcast, or has been, um, Alana Rizzo, you know, there she was last night, also with that group of five, and she was a sideline reporter on the field. Let's see. She's worked with the Dodgers in the past, and... Spectrum Sports Net LA. She I said she also was obviously been with MLB. And once she left the Dodgers, she had plenty of good things to say about the people and the Dodgers overall. But Ms. Rizzo faced something that a lot of women in business face, and that was uh, harassment, you know. And there were certain players who who are all no longer active who either uh, uh, approached her in a way like they wanted to get a date or something along those lines. And there was others that were, you know, less appropriate than that. So one player was saying, Hey, can you, uh, you want to do an interview with me? Uh, hey, let's go up to my hotel room. We'll do it do a, do an interview there. And that sort of thing, that's disgusting to me. It's like, guess what? You're in a business. And I'm talking about the young men or whoever the players are, managers, whoever else out there that interact with these reporters.
1: Come on, really? (sighs) I mean, you you ever heard of professionalism? Yeah. Like if, if, like say, I know it's happened before, or at least I'm sure it's happened before, but like say a reporter goes up to a player and says, hey, I want to do like a story on you or a piece on you, whatever it's called. You want to like talk over dinner about it? Like, well, you can do that professionally. It doesn't have to be romantic or or anything else, you can do stuff like that professionally.
0: Well, and, th- yeah, it,
1: you can, professionally. And quite often,
0: if it was a male reporter asking that question, there would be, you know, no sense of expectation or something romantic, you know, or something old. That, uh, was... Anyway, I I'm, I'm, was very happy to see her last night. She did a great job as far as doing the sidelines in the interviews. I did want to go back to one of the other things you mentioned earlier, and that was when, was it Melanie Newman, and she was getting Rich Hill to give a little bit of conversation?
1: Yeah, I thought that was funny because they were doing it during the game, and they would always catch catch him during those awkward times where he's talking and a play happens. I mean, that's always weird because, like, what do you do? Do you call the play or do you let them do it? And he, he did a pretty good job at it. I mean, he called a home run. I was pretty good. So that's always great because it's like the right amount of awkward, to where it's it's kind of funny.
0: I, I thought they played it up pretty good with him, and I think one of them was even you know indicating that he might have a career in broadcasting and may, <laughs> soon. And, and I was thinking, well, he was he indicated hopefully not too soon because he was still enjoying what he was doing. But Rich Hill did a great job with that too. And, and again, it goes back to the back and forth with players. And being able to have a, a good relationship. So that was that was a great part for me as well, to see those folks do that. Uh, There's a lot of hype and celebration about all this. Network coverage, my gosh, YouTube must love it. I mean, when we're looking at this, I was seeing interviews on oh, several of the network television shows over hype coming up before this, several things appearing on YouTube about it. But the all-woman broadcast was important, and not just because of that, but it, like I said, to showcase some talent. Some that's been there for a long time, and some of them that, that have been maybe a little bit more in the shadows are, are local. So I was really glad to see that. You and I talked, and uh, as Rays fans, we were looking forward to seeing Trisha Whitaker there. Hey, they're playing here at Tropicana, a lady who's fantastic, you know, who's done a great job as, as a sideline reporter in interviews. But as of recent... She's also been a pregame and post-game host, you know, doing commentary there. So I, she's she's very, very good. She, we've been fortunate to have her. I thought, wouldn't it be a great idea if she was able to be part of that all-woman broadcaster's team?
1: Yeah, to me, that would have made it like a perfect broadcast. And I believe she, she was invited to it. I think she was even advertised as being on it at one point. I couldn't be wrong, but I believe I did see her on like promotions for it. But unfortunately, she wasn't allowed to do it. Why, I don't really understand why. Because, I mean, she's a great talent and it would have showcased to everybody around the country how good she is at what her job. Why
0: do you think that was? Why do you think she wasn't allowed to do that? I
1: mean, I've seen speculation. I believe it was D-Ray's base said it's in her contract where she can't do it for other networks. And I've heard some people even say that maybe they're afraid of losing her. But, I mean... We've had people, great reporters before. I mean, a long time ago, Aaron Andrews was a reporter for, I believe it was Sun at the time. That was, that was like 20 years ago, at least. Uh, Kelly Nash, she was a raised reporter for a long time, went on to MOB Network. I mean, we both agree it's only a matter of time before Trisha Whitaker goes on. And, I mean, you think a network would want that as to showcase the talent that they can produce, Because don't you use, like, regional networks as sort of like a stepping stool to get to the big-time national networks? Well,
0: well, absolutely. And let's take a look at that. I mean, uh, if you're a, a boss and you have an employee and they have an opportunity to shine, you know, and they're going to be able to do something else, why wouldn't you say, hey, look at this? And, oh, by the way, did you know while you're seeing her there on YouTube, if you want to see more of her, go ahead and watch her on our Ballet Sports and you'll see uh, see her there as well. But if you do not give, if you do not nurture an employee, if you do not give somebody with the talent of Trisha Whitaker that opportunity, you deny her that, then when that contract expires, you, you may lose her. If, if that was your intention, to go ahead and lose her, that's the way to do it. Because somebody like Trisha Whitaker is going to get the attention of other markets, of national broadcasting, whether... Ballet Sports allowed her to do that or not last night. You know, I think back to the times when um, when movie studios, way back, <laughs> I know this is probably in the 30s or 40s of the last century. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> back when you were growing up. Back when I was growing up, let's see. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some of these big stars they had, they, they'd sign them early on to long-term contracts with a studio. So if there was some great movie coming out, Oh, we're going to use Gone with the Wind, and that may not be accurate. But say Gone with the Wind came out, and you wanted certain actors or actresses in it, you would be limited to getting the people that are signed up with that studio. However, however, some studios had enough good sense to say, "Hey, it would be a great place for me to be able to showcase that star." And the other thing about that is, maybe I'll be able to keep that star happy while they're here. If you don't allow them those opportunities, you know, the, the, uh, the congeniality, if you will, between employer and employee sometimes becomes diminished and it isn't a great working relationship. I'm going on and on a little bit here, but coming back to what I'm saying is treat Tricia Whitaker properly, Valley Sports. I don't think you did so here. And maybe I don't know enough about it, but that's kind of how it feels.
1: Yeah, and maybe it's something that she was fine with not doing, I don't know, but I mean, I'd imagine you'd want to showcase your talents for a big, broader audience, but maybe she just didn't want to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm rambling at this point of repeating myself, but I, I do think she should have been allowed to do it if she wanted to, and just to showcase how good she is and knowledgeable she is, and the relationships that she has with raise players. Like look at G Man Choi, for example, and how they were doing the show where they were eating and cooking Korean <laughs> food. I mean, that was hilarious.
0: Yeah, I mean the interplay that, that she has won her personality and and the history with these folks. You know, she's able to bring that to the table, if you will. So you're not gonna be able to get that with just some anyone. So Trisha, if it was your choice, happy that's the case. If Bally Sports said no and you wanted to Shame on them.
1: Hey, if you want to be here long-term, we'll be more than happy with that.
0: <laughs> oh, brother. You, you know, Brandon, I was doing a little homework before we got started with all this. And it was interesting to see, you know, ballet sports, you know, previously Fox Sports, they own the rights to many, 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 many of the uh, MLB teams broadcasting. You know, it's kind of neat when you live here in Tampa because – There's two Valley Sports channels. One, you can watch the Miami Marlins, and the other, you can watch the Tampa Tampa Bay Rays. But while you got, uh, let's see, on the Valley Sports, I can confirm they're in Arizona, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Detroit, Kansas City, L.A., Miami, Milwaukee, Minnesota, St. Louis, San Diego, Tampa Bay, and Texas. And for instance, the Cincinnati with the Reds. I was in Louisville, Kentucky recently. And they've got their Ballet Sports channel. And I was able to watch the Reds while I was there. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see, NBC Sports, they got the White Sox, the A's, the Phillies, and the Giants. AT&T has Colorado, Houston, Pittsburgh, Seattle. There's uh, Marquee Sports, they have the Cubs. Mid-Atlantic Sports has Baltimore and Washington. So that's one reason that they did. Well, you know, we were looking at uh, who was that? Newman, who came from Baltimore? Uh, yes. And New England Sports Network has Boston. Spectrum Sports Net has the Dodgers. Is that Yes Network? <laughs> Not surprising. We know that's been the Yankees. <laughs> uh, Sports Net, New York Mets, and Sports Net, Blue Jays. So while we've just given you a primer and a rundown of all the different organizations that has broadcast rights to several of the MLB teams, it comes back again to what I was going to say as far as Bally sports has has control of a lot of different markets. And I really would hope, I hope they continue to prosper because I enjoy watching the games on there. But I hope that if they have the ability and opportunity to help and employ, that they do so. Okey-dokey, then. Let's talk about the game itself. Man, it was an exciting game. So we talked about all. Oh, one One other thing I'll say is, <clears throat> pardon me, one other thing I'll say about the game is that while these five broadcasters were starting out with the game, the first part of it, maybe even up to the second or third inning, there was a lot of talk about being an all-women broadcast team. And you would say, well, but they're there to talk about the game. What are they talking about that far? Well, it, it was a hysterical. Historic event, you know. They there had to be mention of this. If they hadn't talked about it at all, some people would be very upset, saying, "Well, this is a historical moment. Why didn't you say anything?" That was, I think, a difficult balance, Brandon. I, I don't know how I would have done it. You know, and say, "Okay, I got to say by the fourth inning, I think we pretty well had it all figured out." And that conversation dropped significantly. You know, it came back up again toward the end of the game or at at the conclusion, but. uh uh, it, it did
1: not overwhelm me. No, it didn't. I thought it was like a perfect balance. Like they weren't like um abandoning the idea of it. That's I couldn't think of a better word for it. But like they weren't just leaving it alone, letting everybody figure it out for themselves. But they also weren't like constantly shoving it down your throat. It was like a perfect balance of a mention every every once in a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. It was thought they did well with that. You know, and. I know we haven't gotten to the game part yet, but one other thing I'd say, too, is I saw some tweets, somebody saying, oh, well, this is just another diversity thing to chalk off. And we'd said something about that earlier. And I said, you know, these these people, they don't really have experience. Well, we just kind of detailed what each one of these women had as experience. So to those people, I say,
1: nay, you know. You need a, a, a big old Price is Right buzzer for that one.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, enough of the idiots, you know, and uh, stupid is (laughs) as stupid is or whatever that is.
1: (laughs) Stupid is a stupid does. There you go.
0: And uh, so stepping away from stupid, the game itself was pretty crazy. Uh, You know, the the night before the Orioles, who've got such a terrible losing streak, uh, they came alive, you know, and they came alive and they beat the Rays. And then the following day, last night, during the all-women broadcast, the Rays brought, took it back. And it wasn't necessarily an easy thing, but it started out strong. I mean, what was it, the first in- inning uh oh, Rosarina. He had, what, a, a stand-up double? And then uh, a newcomer, relatively, the Dale Bruhan, He came in with a double in RBI with uh, metals medals, medals, he... He see, he wound up, I think there's a bad throw and Brujan advanced to third. Franco goes in. He hits the right field and Brujan scores. So we got a couple of runs right there in the beginning. Then the Orioles responded. See Santander, he doubled and Severino, he singled a couple of runs I think came in there. Rosarino later only comes in with a a home run and that goes back to the Rich Hill play-by-play, which I love. <laughs> uh, Mejia came back later on. Two run home run. Oh, was it two Yeah, it's a two run home run. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm thinking about what happened later. <laughs> yeah. Uh and Lowe, you know, he's he Oh, excuse me, Low. cheese man, he's Where's Josh Lowe? <laughs> Josh Lowe's not here yet. Lau, Lau, uh, where is he? I'm looking out there in right field, you know? Who who's out there? Brandon Lau he's out there running deep catching one from Mancini and another one I think he had an error on but man he could run out there he did a great job and Mancini it was always exciting to watch him play Uh let's see in the eighth the O's did well they brought in two more runs and that was exciting but then the bottom of the eighth I think probably the most exciting moment of the game and that was with our catcher Mejia A triple he hits a triple the catcher and guess what there where the bases were loaded and he brings in three runs wow
1: how often do you see your catcher hit a triple oh
0: well if you get Mike Zanino, you might <laughs> no not really cuz mike doesn't run all that fast but but yeah uh that was that was astounding uh, I, I can't think of many catchers that would do that. Maybe Real Muto or somebody there, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think Choi batted Mejia in, so that was good. Uh, and then Castillo wrapped it all up, man. He came in there as a reliever and wrapped the game up. So the Rays win 9-3, to and yes, once again, you can get your Papa John's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, 50% off on the pizza? Oh, wow. That was It was an
1: exciting game. It was exciting. It was, it was good to see that um, McClanahan, he had a really good start. He'd been up and down a lot for this year, but it was good to see him have a good start. It was good to see Mejia have a big night. He, of course, won the MVP of the night. And to see Diego come in and close the game out, and it was nice because he didn't waste time or he didn't let guys get on on base and make it a difficult save it just mowed right through them pretty easily. And even though it wasn't the cleanest night fielding, they had four errors. That that needs to be better, but there there were some positives to take away from that night.
0: Mahia, you mentioned him of course getting the what MVP award from YouTube for the game last night? Yes. What was that? Okay, I, mean, I I'm looking at that. Okay, I let, first let's go ahead and listen to at the post game, and they're interviewing had They're asking him how he is. Has he ever? This is question's got interesting. Have you ever won an award after middle of the season? Anything like this? And his uh, interpreter gives the response. So here, let's listen to that.
1: No, it's the first time. First time I've ever received any kind of award like this one.
0: Okay, no, nobody's won anything like that in the past I know of. Uh, did you see that thing, man? I mean, it was it was rather curious looking
1: award <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was an interesting award but hey and something to look back in maybe like 20 years if they're they're not doing the youtube game anymore it could be like a cool thing to say hey look what i won That's something cool like that
0: it looked like something like a rubber stamp and that was insane by the way it was austin metals bobblehead uh, night last night too so wish i was there for that but hey here we are I was able to watch i i wouldn't be able to give the attention I wanted to to the youtube you know all all women broadcasting this. so that'll be interesting it was It was a lot of fun, and I look forward to the to the day decades from now when rich Hill is actually doing announcing as well may maybe he'll be there with some <laughs> of these ladies as well maybe great stuff
1: hey the the m v p award for youtube. I will yeah. say it was better than Nickelodeon's MVP that they came that they gave out during the NFL playoffs when they gave it to Mitch Trubisky, who, uh, in all honesty, he was horrible. I think he had like three interceptions, no touchdowns, and people just gave it to him as a joke. Oh my gosh, what was it covered in slime? I don't, I don't remember if it was a blimp like they gave out at the Kids Choice Awards <laughs> or if it was like a normal trophy. But I think it was Barstool. They launched like a big campaign to to get him to do it, and he ended up winning it. Even though oh. they didn't interview him. They interviewed somebody from the Saints who ended up winning that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
0: well, keep it fun. That's all I can say with YouTube. You, you should do that. One thing, I, I will criticize one more thing about the broadcast last night, and that was when they asked basically Mejia in the post-game interview, you know, what, what's what. I guess, what it, are, are you prepared as a backup to the main catcher? I thought, wait a minute. I, I, I don't think of Mejia as a backup. I mean, you look at how many games he and Zanino play and why they may not be split evenly. Mejia gets his fair share of games.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I see where they're coming from. But to me, Mejia, it's more like a 1-1-A situation where they use guys so much and they're both so skilled at what they do there's not really a true number 1 and number 2.
0: Yeah, and that's the case. I mean, Zanino gets the headlines cuz all the home runs he has hit. He's been with the Rays longer. You know, he's he's a more prolific player overall, but wake up, folks. He's going to be there and I don't always expect national people to have as deep an understanding of the team as we do. And speaking of having an understanding of things, <laughs> the the uh the today show had all five of these women on there this morning and i love it and who was it hoda the the host or rather the lady who's actually doing the interviewing and she's trying to show parallels of you know women advancing of broadcasters who've come up through through the ranks for years and she says and now too looking at kim ang becoming manager that oh, becoming general manager of tampa i said whoa 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 whoa, whoa what <laughs> Kim Kim Ang is now general manager of Tampa.
1: I mean, we went on vacation for a little while. Did did a lot happen? Did she overthrow Neander? I don't know
0: what what, what happened. Where where's Eric? Has he been traded in this trade season? I I hope not. But <laughs> I I, I double checked, and as far as I can see, that uh, Miss Angus still indeed the general manager of the Marlins, I'm sure Jeter appreciates that too. So. <laughs> Another crazy moment. But we're talking about the Rays. We're talking about the game. We talked to and a little bit about injuries. Z- Zanino wasn't there maybe for a couple reasons. One of them maybe needed a day of rest. But actually, I think he had a, a strain and he left the game early the, the, uh, the night before. Uh, the Rays see injuries. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, every team seems to be having injuries right now. But I know Yandy Diaz left a game the other night after having some difficulty. And well, uh, who else, what else are you seeing across MLB, Brandon, as far as injuries?
1: Uh, I mean, a ton of stuff. It seems like injury season out here. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, he's hurt. He's expected sometime in the beginning of August. Betts and Turner, they're a little bit dinged up, although they're not like like bad enough to go onto the IL. They're still a little dinged up. Um, Chris O'Brien of the Cubs, he has a hamstring. He's expected to come back either tomorrow, sometime this weekend, which that could be really big because, I mean, he's kind of a topic of trade talk. So I wonder how much that could affect that. Um, we had Spencer Turnbull. It came out, I believe it was yesterday, that he's going to have Tommy John surgery. Ouch. And he, he was out before with, with a forearm. I believe it was a strain or tightness. I don't remember what it was. That concerns me because DeGrom is going back onto the I.L., because he had forearm tightness. And I mean I'm afraid that's headed for Tommy John as well, which that would suck. Somebody having a great year like that, practically carrying the Mets on the on his back almost, and to go down with Tommy John and be out this year and next year as well. That'd be a blow. And I mean the the Mets have had a horrible time with injuries. Not only is DeGrom down, but Carlos Carrasco and Francisco Lindor, they're on the IL too. I, I don't know.
0: You know, I mean, there's and, and there's going to be some trades because of this too. You know, especially if you think your guy's got Tommy John. You know, how long is he going to be out? On top of all these injuries, let's see what trade deadline is coming up soon. When is that? Oh, man. it's July 30th. <laughs> <laughs> trade deadline's coming up soon. It's July 30th and uh, 4 p.m. So, I'm sure that all those GMs have their pencils sharpened. They're negotiating right now. Say, do I really want to give this player an extension for, you know, ten million, or do you think I can work him down between now and now? And if I can't, should I trade him? Well, I I don't know. Maybe they're waiting to see. Everybody's probably waiting to get the best deal they can. So I don't know. We'll see a big flood the last couple of days of uh, trades. What do you think?
1: I mean, we're we're still like a long, long way to go in trade talks. I mean, that's 10 days, actually not 10 days, nine days away. It's actually on the 30th. I thought it was on the 31st, like it is usually, but it's not. And I mean, this year, I'm not really sure what to think of it. I mean, I think we'll probably see bigger names moved, such as the Cubs and you know Chris Bryant. They're almost blowing up their World Series team. And like I said, even earlier, if the Yankees decide to be sellers, Buster only said, watch out for Aaron Judge possibly being on the move, maybe not the Ooh. deadline, but maybe in the offseason, as somebody that they might want to move if they don't want to end up paying them.
0: Well, keep your ears to the ground, everyone, and we certainly will. And uh, we'll, we'll I think next week we'll probably do a show on, on what's happened to with the trade's and maybe get back to our regular format as well, but today we we really wanted to kind of cover everything that's gone on with this all women broadcasting show, and the great talent that was exhibited on there. And I'm not talking about the players, I'm talking about the women who were on the show. You know, again, people like Heidi Watney and Lauren Gardner they're doing the pre show pregame show, Melanie Newman who I said I want to see more of her man. Her play by play was fantastic. Sarah Langs. You Know a lady who's a great analyst and had a lot of color to offer, and so uh, things in sport. The whole thing I love, I still say, say about uh, you know, she was talking about the speed of how quickly some of these players are running from uh, home plate to you know, to the first base, and it was just interesting. Uh, and Miss Rizzo, you know, as a sideline reporter. You know, We're talking about people who've got a lot of background, people who've been with the Dodgers organization, people who've been with with Orioles, people who've been with CBS Sports, have been with MLB. We've got a lot of great folks out there, and uh, I look forward to seeing more out of them.
1: Yeah, I am too. Hopefully they do this again, like I said earlier, because I thought it was a really fun broadcast.
0: Yeah, so that's all I got for today. You got any other goodies, Brandon?
1: No, I think that's it for me. Okay, brother.
0: All right, everybody. I want to thank you once again for listening to yet another edition of Baseball Biz. Remember, you can find Brandon at SportsBlitzPod on Twitter and Mark at TheBaseballBiz on Twitter. Also, you can find us on podcast directories everywhere Google, Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Find us, love us, like us, subscribe to us. And we'll be talking with you again real soon. Special thanks to x UX for the music rocking forward.